Welcome to the Church Doctors Podcast with Scott and Marla Sheely. The Church Doctors Podcast is brought to you by Outpouring International. Love God, love people. Hello, everybody. This is Scott Sheely, and I'm here with my oldest sister, Valerie. Say hello, Valerie. Hello, everyone. This is Valerie, here with my brother, Scott. (laughs) And uh, we're here with a team of uh, nine of us in the city of Mexico City, and uh, what a great place to come and evangelize. There are millions and millions of people here uh, that we have an opportunity to reach for the, with the gospel of Jesus Christ. Oh, look. Uh, oh, Marla, I'm here too. Marla's here with us. <laughs> and she came down to help join the show. And, uh, and uh, we, have, uh, we have on our plate uh, many meetings this week that we're going to be doing pastors' conferences and ministering to people in drug rehab centers and doing some street evangelism. And so uh, we've got a busy week. And, uh, but, but you might hear some things in the background. We're sitting in a church right now waiting for the service to start here in a couple hours. And, and uh, so there's people uh, milling around outside and inside. And so don't let that discourage you or distract you from what Valerie's going to be sharing today because it's going to be really good. Yeah, we're recording on site today. On site. So uh, one of the things we we're going to talk about today is uh, some of Valerie's testimony. But you don't have a testimony unless, uh, unless you've heard God and, and he helps you walk through things. Uh, if if you ignore the voice, ignore the voice of God, then uh, you have you have limited opportunities to mature in your walk with Christ and and get out of messes and and things like that. So you know, first though, there's a lot of people that I've heard give their testimony, and I say that with quotes because and, and they and they focus more on the money than the testimony part, you know. <laughs> and so um, I just love it when people have. A testimony about the goodness of God, not just about all the bad that happened. I mean, right. Valerie's had a lot of bad that's happened. Yeah. But the neat thing about her is that she shines and glows from the inside out because it's more about Jesus and it's more about what he has done through her during those times and through those times and how he's matured her through the these difficult situa- situations that she's been in. Yeah, so tell us about that, Val. Yes, life started out wonderful with my family, my parents, and my siblings. I, I grew to know the Lord, know that God loved me, knew that God loved me, but I didn't know that I could have a relationship with the God of creation, with his son Jesus, and with the Holy Spirit. And through the tests that I've been through in life, I now have a testimony of God's goodness because when the test started happening as an adult, there was a lot of the moany part. Uh, I knew God had brought me to these places and would bring me through them, but I did not know or understand the pain of going through them all. The pain was so tremendous at times. I felt like God was taking breaths for me one at a time. Wow. And uh, I guess the first one I would mention would be the death of our father at age 47. My favorite person in the world, my dad, 
passed away unexpectedly after about two years being ill. And it was a tough blow for all of us. We didn't understand at the time. And uh, I know he's with the Lord. But it was very difficult to go through that season and through the years without our father. Yeah, that was a rough time for our family. We didn't, uh, we didn't have anything to fall back on, no, no real hope. Mm-mm. We knew that God was there, but uh, what's happening? What do I do? Mm-hmm. How do I cope with this? Yes, yes, and following that situation, actually at the same time my father was being diagnosed with the disease uh, that was afflicting him, my firstborn was uh, about ready to be diagnosed at age 22 months with Duchenne's muscular dystrophy. And with what little we knew at the time, we, we thought we were believing God for his healing. And uh, he lived to be almost 16. We were his full-time caregivers at home. He was the most wonderful child anyone could ever have. He just loved being he was delightful, and he never complained about anything. I think of all the times I've complained in my life, and here was a young man that lost his strength and ended up in a wheelchair. Many other things happened which we don't need to spend much time on, but the joy he brought everyone was so incredible. So I hold on to that, and I heard the Lord tell me one day that um, he loved Kevin more than I ever could and that he was with him, and everything was fine. And that was all I needed to hear. It took a a little bit of time to pass before I I could hear God's uh, word in that situation, but that gave me great hope and great peace and great confidence that he was with the Lord and God was with us. And my husband and I uh, were very fortunate in having a daughter, And then many years later, um, after her birth, we were given another son. And um, our family was still serving the Lord, looking good on the outside. I had no idea what was going on the inside, going on in the inside with my husband. And some years later, uh, being an associate pastor and a favorite of most people that he knew, he started making some very unwise choices, and he left my children and I for all purposes because the family then was devastated. He followed a relationship with another woman, and uh, that's what really blew my world to smithereens. Even beyond losing my son, our son, the, um, the marriage covenant, it was so dear to me. I understood enough uh, to, of, of God's mercy and grace to know that he would restore. And that was my heart's cry, that everything would be restored eventually. It would have been a hard thing to forgive and walk on, but I was ready and willing to do that. And I, that was my prayer for two and a half years. But he chose to go the other way. And uh, 
Might during that time, didn't you get uh, kind of church hurt too during uh, that? Yes, it's always amazing who will be who your with friends you. Are mm-hmm. yes, who who your friends end up being, who will bring you under their wing, so to speak, when you're so wounded and injured and fragmented and all the things that one can imagine in going through a traumatic situation. There were precious few that helped us through that, that season. My, my son and I, were, he was still home with me. My daughter had gone off to college at a major Christian university, and she was devastated as well. But God put a young man in her life to go through that season with her. The first Christmas that he knew her as a freshman in college, God told him that that was his wife. And so what a blessing for her to have him to carry her through that season, of course, with the Lord. And uh, my son had a little more difficult walk, but God brought people into our lives to help and encourage him as well. And uh, today he's actually doing what his father used to pray over him, that he would be a leader of young men. And not only is he a leader of young men, but the older men as well. When he opens his mouth, there's such wisdom, such love, and such compassion flowing through him. It has made a great impact on everyone that takes time to know him and and visit with him. Can we just back up just a little bit? I remember um, back after, uh, I think your son was still... At home, God provided a house for you. Yes, he How did. How did that happen? Yes, he did. Because <laughs> you, you hadn't worked. You were a stay-at-home mom caring for uh, your oldest son, and your husband was the provider, and you got married young, mm-hmm. so you didn't have all that work experience. So now all of a sudden you're single. You have, what happened? Yes, my mother had encouraged me to at least go to business school after high school. I did that, and she was right. I needed something to, so to speak, fall back on is what she used to call it. Um, my husband had told me I would never have to work, and that's why I wasn't working. I was working. I was a full-time wife and homemaker and was involved in music ministry, women's ministry. Pastor's wife. Yes, and uh, so God provided an incredible job through a friend of mine, and uh, it was actually in a mental health agency where clinically I should have been a patient, but I trusted God to take me through it all. God has a sense and of humor, huh? <laughs> he, he really does. He really, really does. And uh, I can remember one day looking at the sliding mirror or window in front of my desk, uh, seeing my reflection, and I thought, oh, I look like them. And so I began to change my my countenance, uh, at, actually at first probably from the outside in a little bit, but, you know, God uh, helped me through that, and his love came through me and touched people in ways, even in that very painful season of my life, that astounded me. I was just in awe that he would still use me, though I was one hurting unit. And in my own church, um, the privilege of being a worship leader was taken away from me for two years, which absolutely broke my heart because there's nothing, nothing I love more to this day than worshiping the Lord. 
bringing him the glory and honor that is due him. And, and you didn't, you weren't the, the one that walked away. No, you no. were You were the faithful one. Yeah. You were the one, and, and then the church did that to you? They did. And yeah, it's, a, it's, it's, a, it's something that the church needs to learn to, to love. Mm-hmm. So when, when divorce happens in church, or even, even when people pass away in church or whatever, whatever happens to change what everybody's been used to, uh, people don't know what to do with that. And because mm-hmm. they're afraid, mm-hmm. because they really don't know the heart of God, mm-hmm. They, they hide themselves and pretend that that's not my ministry or, uh, or they'll find another place to go. They can start over somewhere else. Mm-hmm. And they come up with all of these explanations to, 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 to smooth over why they're not loving people in these situations. And so really, I, w- I want to encourage you, if you're a church leader and you have people, you know, families blowing up like that in your church, that's when they need the love of Jesus the most. It's when... You bring them in and hug them and restore them the, the most. It's not when you, you turn the other way. And uh, there's no scriptural evidence of of ignoring a, a family when somebody else in the family chooses to sin. You just it's uh, it's just wrong. And, and so, you don't kick them off the <laughs> yeah. out of the thing that's that's helping heal them. Yeah, yeah I was so broken and and wounded. They thought I was just living in this mire of bitterness, which for a season I, I likely was uh, learning to... I, I knew I could forgive, and I started saying it. I didn't feel it, but that has nothing to do with it. What did you start saying? I just, I forgive him, I forgive her, and that's about all I could say at first. But I started, yeah. and that is so important, no matter what you're going through with an individual or yourself forgive so that's so all, up until this point uh kevin passed away your son your firstborn son mm-hmm. our our father passed away from liver cancer when we were young and uh and now the church is not letting you worship anymore where and that's where you're called to be and you were also a pastor on staff with your husband there mm-hmm. but and so i mean th- this is enough to make most people like run away from god like if God really loves me. Why would all this happen? Uh, and yet you keep coming back to commitment. Like you're committed to know to God. You're com- committed to the marriage vows. You're committed to the fact that if the word says uh, that we ourselves can't be forgiven unless we forgive others. And so you're living out uh, this commitment to the word of God. How, how did you stay in that even having all of those kind of train wrecks happen in your life? I knew God loved me. I didn't understand how deep and wide his love was, and I'm still learning that today. But I knew God had brought me to the church I was in. He'd brought both of us there. And I never heard him, or I never sensed him in my spirit, telling me to go anywhere else. I, I, I feel like God wired me to be loyal and faithful. And I'm so thankful, Lord, that you did that. Because I had every opportunity to run, every opportunity to go hide. But I made myself stay in that church. I'm there to this day. And now the younger people, because this was nearly 25 years ago, 
And people now look at me and see me as this pillar in the church when I felt like I could barely stand. But I did. I stood. I stayed where God planted me. And I've gone, we've had many different pastors come and go because of other traumas and dramas, if you will. (laughs) But, and most people that I've grown up in that church, grown up in the Lord with that church, I said that incorrectly, grown up within that church, have moved on. And they'll see me from time to time and say, well, where are you now? I'm still there. God has never told me to move. Were you ever angry at God? I don't believe I was. I was angry with and upset with myself for my choices and for what had happened to me, certainly, and at the two people that hurt us so deeply, certainly for a little season there. Uh, but no, I've never been angry at God. I always thought it was more my fault than anything, which brings us to another topic. To stay in that that thought process that it's my fault and try to beat yourself up really puts yourself in a position of thinking you're God and you have to stay there. That's not God. God never senses you to anything that you've gone through, no matter what it is. He's always there to bring you out of it and bring you into who he created you to be, which is an overcomer in this life by the blood of the Lamb and the word of your testimony. That's really good. Uh, and, and, and one thing that people look for is for God just to make it all go away, to stop it, to heal this. And, uh, but he didn't. He walked, he walked with you through it. Yes. And uh, it's such a testimony to his faithfulness. Yes. Okay, now wait. We didn't, get, we didn't hear the story about the house yet. Oh, the house. Okay, so one of my brothers, another one, told me to begin to believe God for a house and a house paid for because I had to move out of the beautiful home that we had together. And uh, so my son and I moved into a duplex for a season. I was sitting there one Saturday morning, and one of the ladies from church who was a doctor called and said, I've been dabbling in real estate, she said, and I've, God has told me to buy you a house, lease it for you for two years, then you will buy it. I had never bought my own car. My husband gave me his vehicle when we were going together. And uh, so I thought, wow, God, I don't know how I'll do that, but okay. And that's exactly what happened. We looked for a nice little home, and we, we purchased it. It was even during a season where there were very strange loans out there. We had one, and God worked all of that out. Um, we had a safe place to live in a wonderful neighborhood, my son and I, and I'm ever so grateful for God's provision. And that's how he provided us with everything, from the smallest thing to the biggest thing you could want. We never lacked for anything. He says, I am the Lord who provides. I'm Jehovah Jireh, and he certainly is. I like that so much. People often think that, you know, they'll say, where's God in all this? And what they want is this uh, tidal wave of God's miracle working power to come change everything like this big magic wand that all of a sudden all the bad will stop and everything's perfect. But 
all the way through your story up until this point, you can see God all over the place uh, helping you, healing your heart, helping you to forgive, helping you to see that there's a hope. And then not only that, but moving upon uh, that lady's heart to help you buy that house. Yes. It's just all over the place. God was there all over. Yes. Yes, and what I learned along the way is that I like me. (laughs) We do too. Thank you. And I've always loved the joy of the Lord, but now I understand that I can give that joy away. I can give it to others, and there's nothing more I desire than to help others through the hard seasons of life. Um, did you did you feel like okay? There's people out there that um, have been in a situation where they had to be they got divorced, mm-hmm. you know, whether they wanted to or not. Mm-hmm. Did you? Were you in the the belief that you needed to just see if God's going to bring him back? You're going to stay single for a long time. Did you date? What? How did you work all that? How did you navigate that with the Word of God and everything? Yes, I believed for, like I said, two and a half years for him to come back, and he did not. Matter of fact, he married the woman, and uh, he was married to her for 12 years, and he did not live the long life like Proverbs tell us tells us will happen. He passed away. He did pass away. I'm very sorry for that. I'm very grateful for the children that we have and the good the man that he was before he started um Taking that one thought too far, mm-hmm. it's, it, that's, a, that's a warning. That's right. So is that something that single <laughs> people that have been in a divorce situation should try to do, is to wait and see if God will bring them back, believe God for that? or Absolutely. Yes, the desire of my heart was and still is to enjoy life with the man that God has for me, the man that's waiting for me. And Marla, you helped me with that. <laughs> you actually said, um, because I, want, I said, I want a man that needs me. And she said, no, you want a man that wants you. So, yes, I had a list. You know, some people say make a list. Scott did. Some people. He had a list. Yeah. I got, he checked off every one of those with me except one one item. It was the bottom of the it list. It was the so. bottom of the list, yeah. but, I, but yeah. he did. He had yeah. a list. So for 17 years, I prayed, sometimes more fervently than others, um, to be married again. So you were single. That was a single season 17 again, 17 years. years. And I'm a family person. I'm the oldest of five. So for me not to have a family to take care of, a husband to take care of, because my son had graduated from high school, gone on in the military and college, and is married with five children of his own now that are all my delight. But um, God had me wait that long for many reasons. I had to genuinely heal and, like I said, like myself and be content there's the big key. Be content with where you are with the Lord. And once you find that place, so many doors start opening. Mind you, doors opened along the way and job provision in unbelievable raises 
and so forth uh, in my working career. But God's got a good time to do everything. And he does it when you're ready. We're not ready when we think we're ready. Our microwave society, he doesn't work that way. He waits till you're ready, till, and till the other person is ready that he's got in mind for you. So did another person come along? Yes, he did. Lo and behold. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> it is quite a little. Now, some, also, someone provided a car for you, too, while you were, during that season, right? That 17 years, didn't you have a car to drive? And now you had a house to live in. You had a job. Oh, yes. yes. Provision kept coming. Kept coming. And then, but you were still single. Still single. And, and both, then. Both of your kids made it through college. And they got married and had yes. children. <laughs> and serve and love God. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Both of them. Both of them. And uh, they're just a delight to everyone that knows them all. So, yes. And another brother of mine, the one that told me to believe for a house and a house paid for, had known this gentleman in a health and product business he and and his wife had been in for 20-plus years. And his wife had died six years prior and the Holy Spirit spoke to my sister-in-law and said that Valerie and Ralph would enjoy talking to one another. So she asked her, her husband, my brother, what he thought. And he said, stay out of it. <laughs> <laughs> so she did. But she and the Holy Spirit kept talking. Mm-hmm. And so a couple months later, she asked her husband again, and he said, oh, all right. And uh, they introduced me to Ralph, is his name, uh, via social media, just typing back and forth, if you will, messaging back and forth on Facebook. And we did that as well as video calling when I showed him that his phone would do that (laughs) for two years and he because because he lived in another state he lived in north dakota i lived in washington state and we saw each other a few times over that two years when he asked me to marry him he said i want to take care of you and of course tears are running down my face i'm in i'm in awe i'm and he was well able to do that it still took me a while for me to tell him yes I did, and we had a, what do they call it, a destination wedding. Yes, you did. In Oklahoma (laughs) on January 26th. It was a cold day. It was a cold day. Yeah. And And it was outside. We had an outdoor wedding. But the sun shined. Yes. The sun shined the day after the rehearsal when we were all dressed in winter clothes. Yes. And we were able to tolerate the weather outside, had an outdoor wedding in my daughter's backyard, and it was beautiful. Fast forward with that story. We knew Ralph had a few health problems. Um, However, he had been misdiagnosed. And the first six months we were married, I noticed some things were going downhill. And a little over two and a half, two years later, he was diagnosed with ALS. And we began speaking the word over him. I began ministering to him. He loved the Lord. He served God. 
all his life and with what he knew. And um, the answer that he chose was to go to be with the Lord is what, what happened. And so I had the pleasure of being his wife and his caregiver for a little over two and a half years. And uh, he's been gone now a little over a year to be with the Lord. What a great man. Yeah, and, and when he passed away, he honored his word because he did take care of he you. He did take care of me. I had caregiving experience from working with our son, and then I was also working in assisted living and um, case managing families and, and clients and doing a lot of the work myself, so I was well able to help him, and it was COVID season so we did not have to bring another caregiver into the home. He took care of me, and God had made the way for me to be able to take care of him in that precious last season of his life, and that's one of the greatest gifts I've ever been given in my life, as hard as it was. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah. And now you're free to minister, go on missions trips. I am in awe of the goodness of God that he set me up, if you will. Yes. And yes, I have spent much time with my grandchildren in Washington State, where I live, in Oklahoma. But it was one of the desires of his heart that I be able to see my grandchildren more and spend more time with them. And now I'm on a missions trip in the wonderful country of Mexico and seeing God move already today. In, in people's lives. Yeah. And so uh, you might be listening to this podcast and you've heard Valerie's testimony of, and going through uh, those tough times in her life. And yet she's here giving away of herself to people that she doesn't even know, even uh, loving people that we haven't even met yet. And uh, it's such a testimony of the goodness of God and the ability of God to heal our hearts not only to heal us, to put, but to put us back, to, uh, to make us new again, mm-hmm. and, and so that we are uh, productive and able to give love out of our, our, our brokenness is really what happens. Yes. And so God takes, God takes what the enemy meant for evil, and he turns it for good, and that's his promise for you today. So I invite you, if, if, if you'd like to talk to Valerie some more and find out, okay, I have to talk to this lady. Or invite her to come do your women's or, conference or be yeah, a speaker. Yeah, so uh, just contact us through our, our website. That'll be uh, mentioned at the end of the show. And uh, then we can contact, uh, connect you with Val. And uh, I just want to thank, uh, thank you for being on our Church Doctors podcast today, Valerie. My pleasure and an honor. Thank you. You know, we should have her pray for some listeners that are, or people that are listening that maybe have been either hurt hurt church or church hurt is the word <laughs> church hurt or um have been suffered loss soft, suffered loss or been just just life happened and mm-hmm. it just wasn't at all what they dreamed or imagined it would mm-hmm. be like and um maybe you could just pray for people that are listening yes father we 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 love you and we invite you, Lord, to reach out, Jesus, and touch the heart of every person listening that is suffering from the loss of loved ones. They're not lost. They went to be with you. 
but our hearts ache and hurt for them. So, Lord, I ask that you would comfort those individuals that saw their loved ones go early and strengthen them and let them understand that you loved them more than they did and you're taking good care of them. But what they really need to understand is how much you love them. Lord, I I just thank you for helping them to press into you to know that love and understand the peace that passes all understanding, that guards our hearts and minds when we look to you, when we look to your loving arms, your loving eyes. God, thank you for comforting them and strengthening them. And for those, Lord, that are suffering from church hurt, Lord, we're placed in the bodies you want us to be in, and we're placed there to serve with willing hearts and with all the gifts and talents you've given us. And when things happen, and the leaders in the church do not know, perhaps, how to help the members of the congregation that are hurting go through those seasons of life, those storms, those tests. Lord, just help these people understand they can come to you. They can come to the people that you've raised up through other tests in their lives to help them. Oh, how I wish there would have been someone I could talk to that understood what I was going through. It was so hard, Lord, and I didn't know really how to talk well enough to you at the time. You, precious Holy Spirit, are the counselor, the comforter, and we can talk to you, but it is such a blessing when we have a person to talk to that has a compassionate, loving heart that trusts you to give them everything a person they're assisting Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. And so we're so happy you were joined us today. I hope you learned something out of this uh, little visit we had with my sister Valerie and Marla and I. And uh, we invite you to tune in again with the Church Doctors. See ya. Thanks for joining us on the Church Doctors podcast. For more information or to contact us, please visit our website at outpouringintl.com.